Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. My name's Rachel Peru and I'm a grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Outer Bubble podcast. I started a new career four years ago, age 46, and found on social media so many amazing, inspiring women who were really embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down those stereotypical middle-aged barriers. So I thought the podcast would be a great way to share some of these stories with you. So season three, I'm really excited to be back. I've been chatting with a diverse set of women of all ages, whose stories I know will help women become more confident in body and mind. I'm super excited to have today's guest join me. It's somebody that I've admired for the last few years with all her work around the menopause. Meg Matthews has gone from being Britpop icon with a prolific career in the music scene in the 80s and 90s. She's turned her hand to being a fantastic interior designer and she has now found her passion in helping other women through the menopause with Meg's Menopause. So I am delighted to be joined by Meg Matthews this morning and it's somebody that I've been wanting to talk about to for a long time. So good morning, Meg. And thank you for having me because we kept missing each other, didn't we? We did, yes. An absolute pleasure. And I found that lockdown has actually been a good opportunity for me to, to get hold of people that I've been trying to for a while because everyone's forced at home. So there's plus signs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and me. And I've just decided to fill my days doing like podcasts and interviews and talks and whatever else. It's really, really boring because usually like probably like 30% or 40% is I'm usually out doing talks in, um, you know, in other corporate companies or with HR or in government sectors, just, you know, helping the menopause and sort of spreading the word. But, you know, I can't go. Everything got cancelled. I had like, you know, about 20 talks in place. So it's gone from really busy to nothing. So how's lockdown life looking for you? Are you quite structured and you just kind of taking... Yeah, I'm really structured. I have no problem with this at all. I mean, it's it, you, we call it lockdown, but it, is it is it is it really lockdown because we're allowed out? Yeah. So I think if we weren't, so I go out at six a.m. I walk for two hours every morning from six till eight with my dog. You know, I'm very lucky. I have quite a privileged life. I do know that, and I have a lot of gratitude for that because I know lots of other people do not have my life or my lifestyle or my home or where I live. So for me. I'm not going to complain at all because, you know, I'm in a percentage of, you know, people that is quite fortunate and there's a lot less fortunate people than me. So I wouldn't, you know, I I won't be moaning about anything. I've got food. I've got a nice house. I get to go for a walk. I'm surrounded by trees. I'm, I'm on my own, but you know what? I mean, I'm absolutely fine with my own company. Like more than, you know, I get to FaceTime my friends, I get to do quizzes, you know, I get to um, have my own time. Now, others, you know, there could be other menopausal women trying to cope with husbands and and partners who can't understand them or they haven't even been able to, to even communicate what they're going through because they don't understand that they're tearful or they're angry or they're, they're not sleeping. They might just be putting it all down to this. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm lucky enough that I, I've been on this journey now for like since I was 49 and I'm now 54. So it's a good few, five, six years. So, and I have take estrogel and I take progesterone and I take testosterone and, and it, my hormones are level. 
so I'm not going all up and down of course I have a few days I had a couple of night sweats the other night and that's the first time in two years so for anybody so that doesn't know about Meg's menopause and kind of your journey how did it all begin right so for me it all began 2016 I basically came back from holiday and I was like Really, like really tearful but mm. I thought it was holiday blues and I've been feeling like this off and on so I was about 49 and then I went kept going to the doctor and just bursting into tears and they just kept giving me antidepressant then the anxiety went through the roof and I had this all this anxiety and I was fearful of life and I couldn't really understand what was going on and I just was like I couldn't leave the house mm. and it became like I had agoraphobia I had this foggy brain, I felt nauseous, I was just this this anxiety, I couldn't drive my car. You know, I, I just found everything overwhelming. The whole of life was really overwhelming. So I basically didn't leave the house for three months. And what I did was I would just, my daughter would go to school, she would just go to school in an Uber because I couldn't drive and my partner would go to work and I would then just go back to bed. I would just scrape my hair back. I didn't really wash my hair. I just had my workout gear on. I used to set the alarm for four o'clock in the afternoon. They used to come back and I'd light a few candles. And then I just used to sort of make excuses. Like I said, oh, I've been really busy all day. And, you know, teenage children aren't going to uh, question you. And my partner's going to say, well, what did you actually get up to today? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I'm always doing something. So, and then I just go, let's get a pizza or get a takeaway. And then I just go, oh, I'm just going to go and watch Netflix. And I just go back to bed again. Then I, I'm a recovering alcoholic and I went to an AA meeting and I was just like, this is fucking shit. I don't even know why. I mean, I just might as well drink, you know, go down a bottle of vodka because I feel so shit. Mm. Nothing is working. And then as I left the meeting, after just sharing this with a load of strangers, this woman came to me and said I think you're going through the menopause everything you're describing is the menopause and I looked at her like what the fuck I'm like 49 I'm not a gray-haired little old lady like my my nan what are you saying I'm not and then she said here is my number and then as I was getting the, the uber back the penny dropped you know I don't know if it's a higher power moment or whatever but the penny dropped and I was just like that is it. It is it. You know, when you know, I got on the phone when I got home. She then, we spoke for hours. Everything I talked about, every symptom that I had, she'd had. Then she told me about menopause clinics, that there were NHS menopause clinics. I'd not even heard of the word perimenopause. Mm. Um, and then she showed me what she was taking, this body identical, which was a gel. And then I just was like, she gave me this information. I just took it all. But I went to my private doctor first because I rang my GP surgery and they went, mm, can't fit you in. It's not an emergency, you know, be back three or four weeks. So I thought, okay, well, I, I will pay to go. So I went privately to my gynecologist and I did pay. So I had the blood test done. And then she did say to me, Meg, you just don't listen because I've been telling you this since, since I've been putting your coil in for years that, you know, you are perimenopause. But I just didn't take it on board. I just didn't even take one. And then she even showed me my doctor's notes where she'd been telling me, just don't sort of take it on board. You know, you are coming up, you should might be perimenopause or you are, you have progesterone in the marina coil so you won't be feeling, you know, so bad. Anyway, so 24 hours later came back, um, you know, estrogen levels 
rock bottom FSH through the roof, which is the, um, you know, the um, hormone that basically tells you what your hormone level is doing. So that was like through the roof, but that doesn't really count on anything really when you're going, when you're menopausal. Also, my partner had told me that I had, I, I didn't bleed with the marina coil either. So that was really weird. So I hadn't had a period anyway, but I used to get spotting here or here and there. Anyway, so testosterone was low, progesterone was low, everything was low. So as I left before she even got my bloods back, she handed me these these gels over and I was a bit like, what well, you are telling me that I'm going to rub a bit of gel on my inner thigh and a bit of testosterone on here so it wouldn't go hairy and a progesterone tablet and I'm going to be fine. A bit of gel on my leg. Are you sure I should be having injections and be like a diabetic, diabetic like checking all the blood, you know, all this stuff. And she was like, no, I just want you to put one pump of, of this gel or maybe two pumps but we'll wait to see when we get your your results back tomorrow so that did cost quite a bit of money but it was the best money that I've ever paid in my life and of course I completely understand if you can't go so then what I did was I then went to the GP with the stuff emptied it out when I had my appointment in the next three weeks mm -hmm. and the girl looked at me she was like 27 and I said can you get any of this on the NHS show I've never seen any of that I said well look up in that book so she opened her book up she went, yes, everything's available except the testosterone, which I will have to send you to an, a menopause clinic. Uh, no, actually, I had to tell her about menopause. I said, you know, there's menopause clinics and you can only get testosterone. You, as a GP, cannot um, write me a prescription, but I can go to the Royal Free or I can go to the Chelsea and Westminster. The doctor there can give me testosterone. You know, I don't know why, but anyway, it's because it's something to do with your respiratory system. Anyway, she said, yes, I said, it's all available. So then I looked in it more and then I found out that the gel only cost the NHS four pounds. That that's all it costs. When we look at all, uh, one in two women will have osteoporosis. Mm. The billions of pounds that we pay for, for hip replacements broken bones. One out of three women will suffer a stroke or a heart attack in the menopause, more than men. Suicide rate is higher, diabetes is higher, dementia. So all this stuff I'm now looking at, it's a prevention, mm. you know? So if we start taking it earlier, my mission started on, you know, saying to women, you can get all this on the NHS because I just didn't feel like, you know, it is expensive to go, you know, 200 and whatever for an appointment. And then, you know, why should we? We're all women. It's a natural occurring thing. And, you know, it should be available to the government. Then also I started to feel right. Well, at 50, I got this letter which said, go and have a mammogram. It never said to me, you know, they want you to go and have your, your blood test and your blood pressure and a mammogram. There's nothing on that letter when I turned 50 about perimenopause, menopause, osteoporosis, strokes and heart attacks, which now is what I want. So from the age of 45, I truly believe that at 45, every woman should in this country should get a letter explaining yeah. the perimenopause and the menopause. I then was um, did the DEXI scan and I had osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so that was 2018. I was diagnosed in the red with osteoporosis in my left hip and in my lower back. And then I did, with Dr. Louise Newson, I did a live on 2019 World Menopause Day. I did a DEXI scan and my osteoporosis had gone. Oh, wow. 
and I never took any of the medicine that they wanted to give me because I looked it all up and I spoke to doctors and it's, you know, quite ravenous on the body. And I thought, God, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm 49, 50. What am I doing taking this now? My mum had it, which made me, you know, that's the reason why. And I had to lie about getting an, um, a DEXI scan on the NHS. I pretended that I drunk, you know, five bottles of wine a night and I smoked cigarettes and I ate fish and chips and I just ticked every box that said, because basically I did break my wrist, but I, I said I tripped over the curb, but I basically fell off a three meter wall backwards trying to break in my house because I'd, I'd left my keys. So, um, you know, so it wasn't a, a trip, but it gave the excuse that I'd broken my wrist. So then I was like, right you know, you're going to have to have a DEXA scan. So then I had osteoporosis for years and, and now I don't have it. Mm. And that's because I upped the estrogel, which we now are, is a prevention. And I'm working with the the Royal Osteoporosis Society because we now know that it's all about prevention. So we're learning so much more. And women shouldn't have to go through all this stuff. Your life is not over, but yeah. you feel like it is over. I mean, I had aches and pains foggy brain out of 34 symptoms i had about 27 plus no i think so many people just think there's maybe two or three symptoms like the night sweats and the foggy brain and, and no period. Just, That's what and I there's thought. so many more symptoms that women probably just don't even know that they've got no and this is the point it's like you know i would get like itching like i'd be scratching like i had an allergy didn't know that i was drying out from like the inside out and then um I had dry mouth syndrome, which felt like I'd drunk bleach. I mean, it was the worst and, and I'd had that. And then my tongue felt like it used to get too big for my mouth and all this sort of stuff. And then when I went and spoke to people, they were like, yeah, that's normal. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. But unless you, you know that, you just, you think, right, it's stress, it's life, it's, it's getting old. You just tick those boxes because also, you know, it, it's unless you start talking about it, when you do start talking about it, the whole world talks about yeah. it. Everybody talks about it and they talk about nothing else. It's like, you know, when you're first pregnant, it's yeah. all you talk about. But when, you know, but it, unless you bring up the conversation or, you know, I mean, no one was bringing up the conversation. I thought I was really well read and I was going through all of these, but none of my friends were going through any of this. Number one, I think a lot of them were a lot younger than me. And the other ones that said that they were going through the menopause, that said that to me, I really truthfully thought to myself, no, that's not going to happen to me. Number one, I've never had a period of pain in my life. Number two, I've never taken a day off games at school. Number three, I gave birth in an hour and 15 minutes. It's just not going to happen to me. And I actually remember when a couple of my girlfriends said, oh, we're going through the menopause early at like 42, 43, when I was that age. I was just like, no, that's definitely not happening to me. And I remember saying that like in my head, not, not going to happen to me. And then this happened at 49 and I had no idea whatsoever. And why then that's think, why I thought. Why do you think there's still this stigma attached to it then? Because we don't talk about it. Well, we're going to change this stigma. We really are going to change it. It's because for years and years, it's like, number one, um, you know, you're, you're not fertile anymore. So, you know, when you, when that is taken away from you, um, you know, I, I was a bit upset from, even though I didn't want to have any more children, you do sort of mourn a little bit yeah. like wow that choice is taken away from me maybe I did want to have a kid maybe I should have frozen my eggs I had all that went through my mind yeah, me too. do you know yeah. what I mean maybe maybe I would have wanted to have a surrogate mother of course I wouldn't all that went through my head 
Yeah. You know, I should have maybe have done that. Why didn't I do that when I was 35? Spree some eggs and then could have done that. You know, Renee has left. Maybe I could be a mum. You know, all this stuff went through yeah. my head. So it's almost like a grieving that. process. I found it almost yeah, like a grieving process. It is definitely a grieving yeah. And then also there is the thing is you're getting, you're growing old, but then I noticed that everybody that I sort of looked up to and, and used to think was an amazing from actresses to musicians, no one had spoken about it. Nobody had mentioned it. No Madonna's or Meryl Streep. I know that Sharon Stone just did the cover of Allure and decided to talk about it, but that was this month. Mm. So a lot has happened within the last two years. Yeah. You know, it's now all right to talk about it. For some unknown reason, where in 2017, when I first started, there wasn't people talking about it. There wasn't, and it wasn't the dumb thing to talk about it. I talked about it just because I just didn't want women to suffer. Mm. And I felt that I had a service to do. It was like my calling. I thought I had to do this. It was what I was supposed to do. I mean, I love the fact that you've used your high profile to be able to raise this issue to so many women. And you've also included other celebrity people that have talked about it on your your page. And I think that's really important because it normalises it, doesn't it? People need to see people you know their role models normalizing it yeah because like you said none of them the ones that i always looked at never mentioned it you know i've I've looked i've flicked through biographies i've done like lots of things and 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 we all see them and they're looking amazing and you got madonna or that maybe she didn't because you know lot most people not everybody goes has a bad one so we have to remember that but a big percentage do so you know and um you know maybe it's just you know maybe it doesn't go well i mean there is i do um help a lot of women in la like a a list celebrities that i chat and i help and you know and a few of them going to me you know we don't know where to go in LA because um, other than then it's all bio-identicals, we don't even know where to start. Mm. And also we don't really want people to know. And I understand that. And the people yeah. that I have helped, they've never come out and said, um, I'm, you know, I'm going through the menopause, even though like for two years they were feeling shit and now they feel amazing. Yeah. But they just don't want to. They said, no, I've got things going on, Meg. I, I still feel very uncomfortable with, with that, talking about it. But at least Sharon Stone is done a whole thing so yeah. I mean, which is great do you think when then i suppose you when you look like that and you feel like that and you look yeah. like 20. well yeah exactly it helps yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think yeah. that obviously the way the media portray older women as well has got a part to play in, in lifting that stigma because you've obviously been in the spotlight for a long time and and now you're, you're now you're 50 do you feel pressure do you think women feel pressured to kind of keep that youthful image and not talk about yeah i mean you know what there isn't i don't feel pressured because i think sometimes now that like at 54 i look better than i did when i was 34 (laughs) and i feel more empowered now and i feel more comfortable in my skin of course i'm always of course i'm i i'm any human being i walk past the mirror and i'm like oh i see this jowly and i see this and you know and i see all these things but of course, uh, you know, I am one of these people. I do a bit of Botox. I have a bit of this. I do, you know, I do do things, mm-hmm. you know, to, to help me maintain. This is not all oh natural. Well, it's probably as natural as it's ever been for a long time with no nails, no lashes, roots. And I'm feeling, feeling quite free, actually, because it's an excuse to be allowed to be like this. Mm. Um, and I don't really have much grey hair so that's but even though my mum was like grey at 38 I thought I Mm. was going to be so that's probably another thing but I also 
you know, I would do little bits and pieces, you know, and if I did later want to do, you know, do whatever, do my face, do my neck, I would do. I don't have any anything against that. But of course, I look and think, gosh, I you know, when I look at Anais's skin and everything, I'm like, oh God, remember when my skin used to be like that sort of thick and feel like that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then Anais always goes, mom, your skin's so soft. I'm going, don't say that, because that's what I used to say to my nan. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not soft. It's because he's got no collagen in anymore, Inez. It's like, that's the softness. So I remember always saying that to my, my nan, going, your skin's so soft, nan. And then, you know, I sort of feel Anaya, I give Inez a hug, and her's just like, yes, so taunt. Yeah. But it's, it's like, I don't, I've accepted it. That's the point. I've just accepted it. Because I think I was trying to fight it more. And I say this to people, when you turn 40, that is nothing. You know, you have this big 40th birthday. When I turned 50, it was nothing. It's like, I'm saying 43 is when you start to sort of see the changes for me. You know, 50, I was like laughing. I look back at 50 and I'm like, God, you know what I mean? It's like those relevant birthdays that you have don't sort of notice. And I also notice that I ate two times a year and I've done, and I've kept a diary. So October and the beginning of March is really weird. Every time in October, I notice everything. That is when I, when, when my body changes completely, like the face, the lines, everything changes in October and then the first week of March. And I've kept this diary now for 10 years. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's those time of the year. When October's coming, I go, because you know, you sort of look in the mirror, I think, and you get used to what you look like. But in the first two weeks of October, it's always when I look in the mirror. Mm. And I'm like, God, yeah, I do look a bit like older. But then, of course, you look in the mirror and then after three days or whatever, you get used to it because you're used to what you're seeing. But I notice in those two times is when they're, I all of a sudden get a little bit like, wow. Hmm. I like the idea yeah. of a diary. I think that's a really interesting idea to oh, keep it in the Yeah. Country. Yeah. When you first started, you started blogging about it, didn't you, about your experience? Hmm. So how did that grow into what you've now got is a real online community? Wow, you? yeah, it's because um, I've got ADHD and um, and I'm dyslexic. And whenever I went on the internet, it was just like the NHS or the British Menopause Society. And it was long and it was the nice guide and it was just long pieces of writing. And I really needed to, number one, teach myself so I could teach other women. So for me, I just wanted... I wanted bright pictures and straight to the point. And then I wanted to talk and say it in like my language. So, you know, the loss of libido or dry vaginas or brain fog. I just wanted to speak how it was with me and just record it as it was. Mm. And then basically after the Instagram started to take off and then set up a website, I think I got over a million hits in the first six months. So I knew wow. that I was doing something that women wanted and then I got asked to write a book by Penguin um, Random House and then you know and then TV and then and then it just organically grew and within that time I then was making my products in 2017 so I came up with this menopause range that I wanted because everywhere I went to Boots there was just 
femme fresh and there was nothing for your pH balance and no one was telling you that, you know, I thought that was all for smelly vaginas. I didn't know that it was for pH balance. No one had done a balm. So when you're wearing jeans or you're wearing tights or you're sitting at a desk and the collagen has gone in your vulva, like it goes in your face, you know, your lips of your vulva are thinner and they, you know, and it's a bit open and it's, nobody had told me any of this stuff. So I wanted to do a range that was vegan, that was natural, that was not in plastic and was like 9.99, 8.99. I was in Tesco's and Boots and it was just available for every woman, you know, you, you know, not in Space NK and 45 pounds for a, you know, a face spray and all this. Yeah. And also I knew that it was important that women needed vitamins and they needed superfoods because I'm really into my vitamins. I would go to Planet Organic and I would go to Whole Foods and I would buy my superfoods and I would buy my vitamins. And I can guarantee that if I had to start and go my vitamin Bs and and my Corella and my wheatgrass and my tea green tea extracts, if I bought that all together, I would leave with about 200 pounds or more adding up on vitamins and MSM and Acaya and all this. So superfoods and all the vitamins and it would cost two to 300 pounds. And I decided that I wanted to make something in a sachet, which had every one of those, those in at the highest quantity. And it was in a paper and you just added it to like um, um, uh, um, an oat milk, coconut milk, not a dairy milk. And you made it, did it with the frother and the cold milk. And it was like a little vanilla milkshake. That was, that would just fill me up. And then you got every vitamin and superfood. And it was called the Menno Blend. And I wanted women to be able to have that without having to, you know, they could do their weekly shopping. And that's a pound a day. And then they could put these in their shopping basket. Because I remember my mum like doing the weekly shopping. And you, you know, she would have the housekeeping money. Now you can't just put 45 pound in and this, you know, that's a whole meal for a family. So every woman was going to go through the menopause and I just thought this is a nice looking range. You've got lubricant next to the bed and it's, it's pink and it doesn't shout Durex or KY gel. You've got this in the what in the shower. When I've got like all the nurses friends in my shower, boys and girls, there's M&M and it just says, you know, blossom love and there's a blossom barb. And it's just really helps with everything for the menopause. And, you know, and that's something that I did when I was going through my really bad time. When I was lying in bed watching Frankie and Grace and they were making their lube out of a yam, that's when I got my ideas from. Brilliant. So there you go. I love yeah. that. I love that program. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah, just that's really... when I got the idea. You talked earlier about the NHS having these menopause clinics and groups. Mm -hmm. I'm going through the menopause and I've never even heard such a thing. I've there is. It. There's, so, there's menopause clinics. So when you go to your GP and you will be able to get your estradiol, which is the gel, which is derived from yeah, the half which is great. Yeah. And then you can get your eustrogen progesterone, which is the tablet you take at night. The only thing they can't give you is testosterone. Now, testosterone is the thing that will give you the bit of oomph back in your steps. So like you want to go and train, you want to go and run and will help with your libido. Mm. So you can ask to be referred to a menopause clinic. I think there's only 17 in the country, but you can be referred. I mean, that, that in itself says a lot, doesn't it, that there's only 17 in the country when there's literally millions and of And when there's, we've got 13 million women yeah. going through the menopause today, yes. So, is you know. Is that something you'd look at in the future, do you think, having kind of creating something? Yeah, I mean, I, I was on the 18th of um, March, supposed to be going into Parliament to speak to loads of 
all the uh, lots of women MPs. So I hopefully will. Mm. It will be something that I'll move forward with, with like lobbying, making sure that, you know, these letters go out, make sure that there are menopause clinics, make sure that our GPs are up to date. I mean, they're not up to date and it's not yeah. their fault. Within, we have 28 um, um, medicine schools or universities in this country. I think the curriculum are different in most of them and most of them only do three hours on the menopause and it's still only the old menopause. Yeah, I mean, that's... So we have to do a lot of changing and hopefully with my voice and who I am, I will be able to, to change this and yeah. get working on this. Yeah. And what That's about what the I want to do. Because you, you do Meg's menopause conventions, don't you? So what do they look yeah. like? So basically they started in, our first one was in 2018. So we launched the website in the January and then we, and then Tiago, Dr. Tiago, who is one of the directors, he said he's a doctor and, and he was just like, we're going to do a conference. And I was a bit like, that sounds so doctor-like. Anyway, I was a bit like, oh, it's not Mikey, not trendy, cool enough for me. But he did it amazingly. And he put this whole conference and he had speakers and and I was just a bit blown away by it considering I'd just been a bit like, oh. And we were one of the first sort of women to, to put a conference together in central London. You came, I think it was like £60 for a ticket, but you got, you know, tea and coffee, you got a brilliant vegetarian buffet. And then you had the best speakers all day from Dr. Louise Newson to Diane Zunzenberg to Liz Earl. You had everybody. So basically you had, you know, you'd have sex, you'd have um, sex on um, being intimate. We'd have, you know, exercise, skin, nutrition, doctors, all about um, hormones. And then you'd have a Q&A. So basically from nine in the morning till five, you had a whole day a full day of being able to art you know be part of it and then we then I started to to put meditations into it and dancing into it so women could all get up and dance and you know and make sure that everybody who's there because you know a lot of women will come on their own and then I'd say right turn to your right introduce give that woman a hug turn to your left introduce yourself give them a hug because lots of women here are on their own mm. you know they've saved up to come to this and then I'd let them all sort of chat and we'd breathe and we'd sit and we'd do meditation and breathing and hugging and basically just bringing the room together. I love it. I love and it. That. I'm going to try and come in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it's, it's October the 16th right. now. I mean, you have it, created this community, haven't you? Online community. Yeah. What's the kind of most common questions you get asked by women? Right. So talking about community, I'm just going to get in there because the app, my Meg's Menopause app is amazing because it means all you women can talk to each other. So basically, there isn't really a place where women can go to. So now, if, you, if you're on there, you can put up um, a message or a note and then you can talk to um, other women. Mm. And also you can, if you follow one person, it's like Instagram and they follow you back, then you can privately DM. But if you put, I go on there every single day and answer everyone's messages. Wow. So, and then you can ask women, other women, and every woman, they, they're just all interacting with each other. So if you're asking questions, like someone said, oh, I bled the other day, is anyone else at this? So it's great and it's free and you get everything on there. And also there's the tracker, I think is going up next week. And also you can um, take all your symptoms and you can take the app into your GP to show him hmm. exactly what's going on. Yeah, oh, that's really good. 
I think yeah. the idea of having other women to share your experiences with, because I know when I started going through, even like particularly the perimenopause, I thought I was going mad. Yeah. And I really didn't have anybody, none of my friends had started going through it. So it was like, no. what the hell's happening to me? It's a really turbulent time. So to have a yeah. thing that you can go, ah, okay, that's why I'm feeling like that today. is a massive Yeah, relief. it's a really good relief. So with the app, you know, women are putting up, like they're making, I've noticed lately, they're all trying to make sourdough bread. Other people are putting up their baking. Everyone's putting up pictures of their dogs and what they've been doing. And I think, you know, it's just, it feels a really good community. And also I'm very proud because it's in five languages. It's in Portuguese, it's in Italian, Spanish, French and English. That's really impressive. So basically, we basically cover half the population, yeah. which is great because of Spanish and of course Portuguese. How would you like to see this grow in the next five years? Right. Well, I mean, I basically, number one, want to get laws changed. I want HR to be changed. I want women to basically, it's because it's not a disability, but it's disabilitating. So I want in the workplace, flexible hours to be able to be brought in, which of course it can be because by law, if you do www.gov dot org stroke flexibility flexible you if you've worked for your company for 26 weeks or more you are allowed flexible working hours just no, so right. every woman knows that yeah and then you can write a letter to hr they have to get back with you within a month so you can have flexible working hours it, it is in the law in this country but nobody knows yeah. so um there be you know i'd like to see that flexible hours i'd like at the age of 45 i'd like to be able that that, that the perimenopause we know that one in a hundred women are going through um the perimenopause from the age of 40 to 45 when i speak to a lot of young girls in companies they're not even thinking about having kids to in their 40s which we now know that we see that ivf is is like through the roof my best my best friend um she was doing ivf um 41 and 42 hit 43 then they said to her i'm really sorry your eggs are they're just not good enough quality you can't have a child so she ended up going to denmark and having to have the egg and the sperm and now she's got a beautiful um, baby boy but she was you know pregnant going but she was perimenopausal so we, it's really great so we do a talk with that because you know she was she was doing a thousand milligrams of like estrogen and progesterone a day and I was doing like a hundred milligrams of progesterone and it was really weird that she's my best friend so she was everything that she was taking was what I was taking daily she was taking it to get pregnant, of course, and I was just taking it to, to not to feel sane. But that's another thing because women, young women don't even think about that either, yeah, you know? And so we need to get this out to them as well. Mm. You know, be, t be telling women, you know, it's, you know, you, you know, the average age or the best age to have a child is 32. We know this scientifically. But then onwards, you know, your eggs are declining. And, you know, this is another thing that, you know, is not spoken enough about either yeah. yeah what about your views on hrt because i know i've got friends that are scared still to go on it so they, they're, they're not choosing to go on and, and for me personally the easter gel has been a life yeah. well, it's, we have to say you know okay we, we hrt we had that scare in 2002 i think it was um and 2005 where we said hrt and even i got this big bubble that said yeah. cancer but 
that was synthetic HRT. I think it was called Provivian and all something, and it was made from mare's urine. And then when you take the tablet, it goes through your liver, which can cause clotting. Okay, when you put the gel on, it doesn't go through your liver. It goes straight into your bloodstream. Mm. Okay, if there is a thousand women in the room, seven of those women are going to get breast cancer anyway. Not because they're taking um, HRT, it's probably because they might be obese, because their diet isn't good enough or they're drinking too much or they're smoking or they're just going to get it. The percentage of it is, and I know, and these women, but the other thing that makes me laugh as well when you ask these women, because they say it to me, but then I go, so were you ever on the pill? They go, of course I was. I was on the pill when I was 15. That is synthetic estrogen. From 15 to 35, I took the pill and I took it not very correctly. I used to take it when I didn't want a period. I used to just think, oh, fuck, I'll just take it for the go through my, you know, when I would stop yeah. taking it. Yeah. From 15 to 35, did I think even twice? And the minute you said, I'm going to give you a bit of synthetic estrogen, we all go, no, there we go. You know, yeah. we were all taking it. And, you know, our age, everyone was on the pill. Yeah. You know, no one was not on the pill. So, you know, you know, I understand there is a scare and there is certain women that cannot take, um, cannot take, um, HRT or we should just say hormone replacement therapy yeah. you know they can't so there is different ones like localized ones that you can just put in your vagina or you know there's homopathic there is lots of different ways of taking mm -hmm. you know and I understand that you know everyone can take it but I am I will shout from the rooftops about Easter gel because it's yeah. so safe yeah it's so safe and it's something that i can just rub on and um, and feel normal i mean i still don't really get my head around it i'm still like yeah. really you know i'm on five pump but some people are on 12 pump some people are on one and some people are on two and I'm not a doctor please you, i'm not allowed to actually say these things so don't follow me please no. don't see your medical it's doctor interesting. it's interesting yeah. 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 No, no, I, I'll always give my opinion but i have to say to people you know i'm not a doctor so yeah. remember that have you, you surprised know. yourself how passionate you've become about this subject yeah the work you do yeah um it's given me a real purpose in life mm. you know i've done a lot of things in my life you know i mean i've done interiors i did interiors for posh and becks i've done yeah. scars for liberties wallpapers um you know i've done so many i've worked in the music industry yeah. i've you know done everything but this is the thing that i've been the most passionate about ever in my life because I'm being of service and I'm helping women and the DMs that I get and you know I just didn't want anyone to go through what I was going through and I didn't even have to to, to get up and go to work or get on a tube or get on a on a on a on a bus or yeah. or cook a meal for like five kids or you know I could get around without doing yeah. these things and also I always counted myself as being very knowledgeable you know, but my mum passed away um, in the August before I'd, you know, before I had time to ask her. So then when I asked my dad, of course, my dad was just, he was just like, mm, yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, didn't really know. And um, now, now he thinks he's like, knows everything about the menopause now, you know, he's like, yeah, he's, he makes me laugh because I'm like, yeah, I asked you this, but now you know everything. <laughs> um, I think what I'm doing is going to change a lot and help a lot of women.
and and that is what I really want to do and that is why I'm going to do this and that's why I'm going to carry on doing this because I know with my voice it's like when I get asked to go and do talks at like you know big companies they say the reason and I know this is if the, the, the if it's like at lunchtime or it's you know of course if they're going to have just have an expert mm-hmm. how many people are going to turn up but if they've got me there yeah. then everyone turns up and I know that like I did a talk for like the foreign office I mean they could have had anyone they wanted in do you know what I mean the best of the best you know the doctors the doctors and and I've been to them twice and it's made a huge difference for them and I think they've moved to flexible hours and everything mm-hmm. and um, and then the NHS were doing a big talk and they do it every 18 months and it was on March the 25th and they asked me to be one of the menopause experts to speak to the heads of the NHS so I was really like blown away just they wanted to know you know not the medical side but just the whole thing about what I was thinking and talking so that got cancelled so that was a shame because I was really going to really go for it then and really hopefully change you know with that stupid letter when you're 50s go for a mammogram when they should be explaining the mammogram was none of my problem the the the, the night sweats the foggy brain the the I mean for me I was in such a low space place because the antidepressants weren't working that I mean I was in a really dark place so I might not even be here today that's what I'm trying to explain to people that it can take you to a very dark lonely place I mean I love what you're doing and I think the fact that you've used your platform and because you could so easily have just gone through all this quietly without telling anybody and yeah. I love the fact that you've chosen to speak out and just, it's, it's, it's inspiring and it's so helpful. I mean, you know, you can constantly go on your website and find a new piece of information. Yeah, Please. well, yeah, good. I mean, I have to say I have the most amazing team. I mean, Ornello, um, who writes my articles, she's an amazing doctor. She's just a, a phenomenal woman. I mean, she's in lockdown in Italy. Um, she's been in lockdown, what, for eight, nine weeks with a two-year-old toddler and she's giving birth on Friday. Oh God! And she's still, and she's still writing. And we still talk every Sunday and do all the Instagrams. And she's still writing things. And I'm like, you're going to give birth on Friday. You don't know if you're going to give birth in the hallway because you gave birth in an hour last time. Are you going to get to hospital? They're so strict in Italy still. They're yeah. not even. She's still on lockdown. And I mean, and she's still writing away. And she's, you know, it's a, it amazes me. You know, my team is small. There's only, there's, um, you know, four of us. That's it in my, in my team. That is it. Well, and it's, you know, you're doing an amazing and job. I'm just proud because, you know, I, we haven't got huge amounts of people. One IT person, one doctor, one person, business person, and a PR. So we're a small team. We usually work around my kitchen table there. But, uh, but actually also we're very virtual, which I think is quite cool. So I have one person in Portugal, one person in, in Italy and, um, and two in London. So it's quite mad how we work these days. Yeah. You don't need all these offices and all these expenses. And, no, you know, I, I think lockdown will make quite a lot of businesses change the way they look at things. Like yeah, because we already work like that. So the two main people for me, one one lives in Madrid, but he's back in Portugal now. And then Ornello, she's she's in the south of Italy. And they've always worked for me like that. And we wouldn't, you wouldn't even know. Yeah. No. Well, I look forward to seeing everything that you can achieve, particularly when it comes to policy. Thank changing. you. It's really interesting. Last three questions I ask all my guests. Yes, okay, so I, um, okay, so I... A song or a piece of music that always motivates you? 
Okay, so my piece of music would be, um, was Love Is, Alison Limerick. Oh. The Love Is, just because it's, I don't know, it's that tune that I never get tired of. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking about this for ages, actually, this morning. I was thinking, oh, my God, I want to say, you know, I want to say Rage Ahead and uh, Creep and Bjork and, and all these sort of things. And then I just thought, well, no, because if it's one tune that I could, or you know, that whenever I hear makes me smile, it's that tune. Do you miss the music industry? Because you do love music. Um, well, no, I just think I was really lucky to be in it when I was in it because yeah. I was in it from the 80s. So I was working with Death Jam and Betty Boo and, and Ice-T and I had the best time. And then, of course, and then in the 90s, I was with Britpop World. So before that, I was with all the hip-hop lot. I was like one of the only white... I was working for Death Jam and, you know... and meeting like Ice Cube and Ice Tea and so I was very lucky within my music career of just being in the right place at the right time always and and then of course I had the 90s Britpop which was brilliant and I mean how from going from the 80s hip-hop to 90s how are you ever gonna get better than that and now the music industry is not the same as it, no, it was I mean you know yeah. the gigs and the the colourful 90s of what I was getting up to was very colourful and and whatever 22 years on now recovering alcoholic and um you know you know walk my dog and uh, meditate and uh but now you found a new you know, my whole life yeah was yeah. um completely different I mean that I would not even that the energy that it took to do all that as well oh my god yeah took a lot of energy and what about a book that's inspired you right so the book I have picked is I don't, you probably know this book. It's called Untamed. Oh, no, I don't Glennon. know it. No. Oh, okay. So it's called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Right. Oh, and no. she is amazing. So Glennon Doyle, I'll read this out to you because I, 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 my brain is not all there. So Glennon Doyle is the author of the number one New York bestseller, Love Warrior an Oprah book club selection, as well as a New York Times leading bestseller, Carry On Warrior, an activist speaker and a thought leader. She's also the founder and president of Together Rising, an all-women-led non-profit organization that has revolutionized grassroots philanthropy, raising over 20 million for women and families and children in crisis. With most frequent donation of just $25, Glennon was named among his own network, Super Soul, 100 innumerable groups as one of the 100 awakening leaders who are using their voices and talent to alleviate humanity. Right. So she lives in Florida with her wife and her three children, and she is um, Glennon Doyle on um, Instagram. and. I mean, everybody follows her. Oprah, Race with a Spoon, and her book is amazing. Oh, fabulous. It's right. a phenomenal book, and she is a phenomenal. She's on every day. She's on every day. She does this thing called um, Morning Meeting, Morning Meeting, and it's amazing, her IGTVs. If you start listening to her, you yeah. will not you get mesmerized by the way she talks, the way she moves, the way she touches, the way everything she talks about is phenomenal you'll start watching her you won't you won't be able to that's why I'm doing this afternoon that's my <laughs> afternoon yeah go on her go on her instagram later you yeah. will be blown away brilliant because she speaks from the heart so 
truthfully yeah go and look at all our IGTV yeah. and go back they're oh, amazing okay. and who inspired yeah. you well she has yeah so I think I discovered her through my girlfriend the one called uh, Mother of IVF um, who is my like soul sister my best friend that had the baby she's because I'm always doing this and she's at home with her little lovely little boy wild array so she's always discovering and she always passes on to me like podcasts and people mm. and books because I'm always doing this I don't have the time to you know sit through and find new people yeah. and podcasts and she's but she's always so everything that she learns and finds you know like from everyone from like a Marion Williamson or whatever she will find me a book or a podcast to listen to so she passes on to me all her learnings mm -hmm. so I always give her shouts out so you'll see today that I gave her a shout out on my Instagram about this book because it was from her who right. told me to go and buy and read this book because it's what I needed to do Brilliant. so that's what it's about giving and sharing yeah. and passing on she's like my soul I see her as my soul sister, like researcher that she passes on to me and then I can pass on to all you women, you know, well, so it's you. all a part of giving. Well, yeah, you are such a giving person and, and I really appreciate your time talking to you today. I could have talked to you for hours about so oh, many no, it's been so thank, thank you. you for having me so much. And then, yeah, it's just been brilliant. Absolutely yeah, okay. brilliant. Thank you so much okay. and good luck with everything. Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble. And I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? Please get in touch. You can contact me via my website, rachelperumodel.com or leave a message on the Anchor app. And if you're listening via iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>